0: Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there foodies and welcome back to another episode of foodie films of course this is your host your chef de seminal cuisine kyle reinfried what's going on what's happening how are you hope you're all staying safe and healthy i know uh, a lot of states including my own of new jersey has lifted some restrictions so uh actually tonight the day this episode drops i'll be going out to the first like restaurant i kind of on Saturday, I had a burger outside of a place, but I'm going to count this one as my official like eating at a restaurant because we'll be in their backyard. I know they set up a tent and all the seats are properly separated, but it's uh, Cordo in Jersey City in the Heights, the neighborhood that I live in. It's one of my favorite restaurants, so shout out to Cordo. I miss you guys. I know you were uh, open during quarantine, but I'm really excited to have the food at your establishment because it's delicious and I can't wait. Um, we addressed this in the beginning of this episode. First off, this is this is a fun episode. We have a good time talking the movie. Then we get silly with the uh, with the famous movie scene and just uh, you know. Both Brian is one of my oldest friends. John is a really good friend, and we, I, I love talking with both of them. But I just want to address now, as we kind of do in the beginning of the episode. That, uh, first off, we recorded back in late May, To Sir With Love, a high school movie starring Sidney Poitier for High School Slumber Party, Brian Rodriguez's uh, podcast, and um, since then obviously a lot of stuff has been going on, steps needed to be taken towards progress, and equality in our country and what i'm referring to is the black lives matter movement and so like i said to serve with love was recorded back in may check out that episode that's coming out if uh, you're listening to this on the 17th came out on the 19th either way it'll be in the high school slumber party feed wherever you find your podcasts so check that out, um, if you want to listen to that one first, if you want to pause this right now and go and listen to that, but I don't think that's necessarily necessary, but yeah, we had a fun time talking that one, and then just things have changed, and also, while race is brought up in To Sir With Love, it's definitely, it's at the forefront in who's coming to dinner. So here I go talking some Sidney Poitier, some Katherine Hepburn, some Spencer Tracy with Brian Rodriguez and John Harden. Brian, John, thank you very much for joining me back on Foodie Films. Uh, Brian, this is, I've lost track of how many times. John, welcome back for your uh, second time. I, believe I
1: was about to say, I think, yeah, my second appearance after my dinner with Andre.
0: Yes. And, and we're having dinner again. So we are having, <laughs> yeah, yeah this, is, this is a theme. Guess who's yeah. coming to dinner? Before we begin, a little backstory on this. We were recording back on, I believe, like May 20th, so a few weeks ago, and uh, recording the episode Two Sir with Love for Brian's podcast, High School Slumber Party. And uh, John and I were both guests, and that is a terrific film with Sydney Poitier in it. And at the end of the episode, I invited you both to come on and discuss this film, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And since then, um, times have uh, changed and there's been some serious stuff going on in our country. So I just wanted to go out there and recognize that and nothing like... Two white guys and Latino talking about. <laughs> and you picked the, <laughs> you know,
2: lightest skinned Latino you could ever pick as your <laughs> minority correspondent here. But I do have some insight. Don't worry, I do have some insight. Um, and I, just a programming note quickly, that the episode on Two Sir With Love will air after this one airs. So if you listen in order, you might be a little confused, but there's a reason for that, and Kyle just explained it.
0: Yes. Yeah, so this is coming out. This is uh, if you're listening to it, the day it comes out, it's June 17th. And on June 19th, go on to high school slumber party and you'll hear what I really enjoyed that episode talking to Sir with love.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'll go ahead and say that uh, on to Sir with love, I, uh, I at least felt qualified to speak as a teacher. <laughs> but uh i would say that this time uh i'm gonna go ahead and acknowledge my complete lack of qualification to discuss the heavy themes of this film but i'm here i'm enthusiastic and uh you know
0: uh, we'll do our best <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we're here i asked you guys to watch this movie this is a this is a classic this is a i mean talk about like the the pedigree in this film, the the just iconic actors. And so as far as that stuff, I'm ready to talk about that. And um, well, let's just go with it from the beginning. Had you guys seen this film before? I had not, Brian. I had not as well.
2: This is the first time for me. On my show, we discussed Sidney Poitier's, what, this is 1967, right? Yes.
1: Yes, that is exactly right. So how
2: he did To Serve It Love, In the Heat of the Night. And this film in the same year, and we were just like, "Wow!" So I was so excited wow. to watch this when you invited us, Kyle, because I wanted to, you know, go on this little Sydney Poitier marathon. But no, my first time.
0: Yeah, and this—it's um, a film that I feel like I watched on, like a like a Turner Cla- Classic, you know, like one of those channels, mm-hmm. but uh, didn't nearly take it in as much as I did just this viewing, and you know, specifically for analyzing it for this podcast but um i think i mean overall it's a pretty i mean it's a pretty great film it's a pretty progressive film with the i mean this is you said 1967 so what this is uh 40 43 no i'm sorry 53 years old um you know there's definitely some problematic scenes just like there were in Two Sir with love but we'll leave those for those episodes which i know we do recognize um but like i said the actors in this film i mean the director stanley kramer directed you know it's a mad 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 world uh judgment of nuremberg and the same thing with the uh, writer william rose uh he wrote it's a mad 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 world and the lady killers so we've got a great writer great director and then between uh, sydney poitier Spencer, by the way, his middle name is awesome. It's Bonaventure Tracy. Nice. I did and, not know that. Bonaventure. <laughs> and then, like Saint
2: Bonaventure.
0: Yes. That's a b- better pronunciation of it. Uh, and then Catherine Hepburn and Catherine Houghton? Houghton. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce her last name. I'm not a, not sure either, but um, I'll see if I can find it. But yeah. this, this it could be this, Houghton even. Oh oh yeah, it could be Houghton. But uh, but this this cast, I mean, I think that's that alone is the just the anchor and what ma- what makes and what drives this film, because, like I said, I didn't really remember a whole lot of it. And it's not it's not a long movie. It's uh, 109 minutes. so I mean, you know, sh- shy of two hours. And I think it has a pretty good pace to it. What do you guys think?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, I actually really enjoyed the film. And Kyle, right off the bat, you get an original song for this, which is awesome. I know you love that. Yeah, exactly. This is foodie <laughs> film, so we have lunch and dinner. And the thing I wrote down that was like, oh, wow. I always thought the guest who's coming to dinner was Sidney Potier's character. But in fact, it's his parents who they really say, guess who's coming to dinner for. So yeah, exactly. you get we the, get uh, the, line, get the
1: yeah. title in the dialogue. Yes. Always they uh, always... Uh, <laughs> Oh. An exciting so, moments in the theater you know it's really wonderful because you can hear the blue hairs in those moments go uh.
0: but honestly but i agree with brian that there is i did have almost like a little bit of a moment because you just think it's like you th- you think that it's this character of you know sydney poitier's dr john prentice but it's his uh his parents that receive receive the line from Catherine hepburn if i'm not mistaken and yeah, but like you said, Brian, that uh, that original song uh, "Glory Glory of Love," or I don't know if it's a, did you did you read that it's original? I, I uh,
2: the credits indicate that of, it was.
0: Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I didn't see the same kind of exact. There was a bountiful amount of trivia for to Serve with love, but that's just like I guess a a theme going on for that time. But just even watching this film and i and i was watching it with danielle and so i was just curious like we we've never watched an older film like that together so i was curious about like her opinion on it but just really the music stood out to me in this music too just uh, this in this movie too that just entering a house everything was so grandiose and was using the theme of glory of love and it was uh something that's definitely a lost art form i think in storytelling these days well
2: i think it goes back to something you said on high school slumber party john which is in the future technically but how movies of this day are still writing like their theater and like their plays and i definitely got a sense of that here characters coming in and out of scenes and just the dialogue uh i don't know if you guys saw that as well but that to me clicks so much now since you had mentioned it last time john
1: yeah absolutely yeah no it um You know, I, I have to say like, I didn't, um, I, I did feel like it was a little bit, um, slow, which I was surprised about. I don't know. You know, I thought that they probably could have cut like 10 or 15 minutes out of it without, you know, me really noticing, um, Mm -hmm. to get to its points. But, but, um, but overall I, you know, I did enjoy the film and I have plenty to, plenty to say about it, but yeah, like that, that was interesting that definitely you saw um, now. I don't think uh, that all older movies are slow to me. You know, that's not been my experience, but um, they definitely have longer scenes in general. You know, things just take um, you characters get longer speeches, you know, things uh, take longer to develop. Um,
0: Yeah. People pontificate more. Yeah, (laughs) a good word. (laughs) And the other characters,
2: except for the daughter here, generally listen. You know, when someone's talking for four straight minutes, it's just like watching and reacting. It's not like today. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. And and well, some of them, especially towards the end, uh, her father's just like for you know for once you're just shut up. So there's (laughs) moments where characters are just told to shut up and listen. But uh so just the the basic if you haven't seen this movie definitely check it out. I watched it. It's a uh, if you have Amazon, it's on Amazon. And Yeah, it's
1: uh, it's free on Prime, which was sweet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Free on Prime. And so the 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 basic plot of this movie is when they're in and one of the things I noticed that older white people in this movie say Hawaii very yes, weird they, do. they say it very that that's one of the i mean little bullet points of odd things <laughs> i just noticed throughout the film and that's one of them and so while they were in hawaii i i guess i guess joey was just there on like a was she just there on vacation by herself they never really said that right? i I'm guess like, hawaii
2: was like the iceland of its day where you know <laughs> young women feel safe and comfortable and put it on the instagram of the day
0: perhaps Perhaps. Yeah. So she's over there and she meets Dr. John Prentice and a very gifted doctor, very educated. Like he has when uh, when Spencer Tracy, when when her father, Matt Drayton, does the whole background check on him. And I guess you know his assistant calls back with all the information. It's just it's incredibly impressive. And so he's there, uh, speaking at the university of Hawaii and they meet. And when they meet, they fall in love. At least she falls in love with him within 20 minutes as she tells her mom and everybody. Cause she tells everyone, everything in this movie, <laughs> even that they haven't slept together yet. Uh, they're very, very, very forward in this movie for the most part, but, uh, and so, after meeting in Hawaii, and they're, I think they're or Hawaii, they're there for ten days, and they decide before he has to fly to New York to then fly to Geneva, yes, for three three months, six months, some longer period of time, um, to, to work for the, the
2: World Health Organization. Something the, in the yes, news the, these the, days
0: exactly it's very it's a very uh, poignant film and very very appropriate for these days um, th- so they're just like okay let's make a little pit stop in san francisco and we're going to tell my you know her parents and they're going to be fine with it cuz they're lovely liberals that will accept anything and everybody and then we'll go and then he was going to go to geneva and she was going to meet him in a couple of weeks and they were going to get married there and that was that was the plan. And not even the plan. That was just like, that was knowledge to her. And he is for sure a skeptic. And, you know, for the times, re- reasonably so. Yeah,
2: I don't think he's a skeptic about her. He's a skeptic about whether her parents will no. accept him. No. I mean, he, he's got a interesting past here, too, right? Like, he's a widower. He's, <laughs> I'm not laughing. I was laughing at, like, whoa. Because when I heard it, like, his wife heavy. and son died in an yeah. accident. I was like, whoa! Yeah, yeah, and the
1: son is eight. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, not... I mean, look, it's it's horrifically upsetting at any... But, like, very much, like, an incredible amount of investment.
0: Yes. They die in a train accident in Belgium, like, eight years prior so or something specific. like that. Or ten, year, ten years. Yeah, exactly. Ten years. Like, just say train accident. Like, I mean, we learn that he's a, he's a worldly man and he's not... He doesn't have one said practice and he travels around. Uh, but, like yeah so specific and just the way that they well actually before we even really go into the film can i just ask you guys have, have if both of you have seen get out has like did get out just like kind of put you on edge with this film
2: <laughs> i wasn't thinking about that <laughs> um no because i was one I, wasn't thinking <laughs> of. I get out didn't even cross my mind now that you say that I'm okay like, oh okay but I know where you're coming from, but I just did not expect this to take that kind of turn. I don't know about you, John.
0: No, um, I wasn't expecting. Yeah, not the same turn, but just, yeah, it was <laughs> planting seeds in my mind.
1: <laughs> I Yeah, I realized actually, um, by the way, you're right. I don't think they actually tell us how old the sun is. I think you're, I think I was taking that eight from the fact that it was eight years ago.
2: Gotcha. Um,
1: but um, no, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> You know, I didn't, uh, well, hang on, because I can make a connection there. I, d- <laughs> I don't know that I was consciously thinking about Get Out that much. But what I will say is that, look, it's 1967, and I recognize that on some level they're, you know, doing their best. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of, in general, like, looking back at things um, 40 years ago and saying, like, you know, and using a modern lens to look at them right Mm -hmm. like it's it's always uh, i'm not i don't know that's a whole we could talk for quite a while on that and and there's a lot more that needs to be fleshed out in that opinion but um my point is just there are a number of kind of microaggressions in the movie that read a little weird to me and maybe i'm just oversensitive but you know um like uh skipping ahead quite a bit but like at the end of the film spencer tracy gives this great speech and says all these important things and the moral of the film is delivered and then ends the movie with like tilly when the hell are we gonna get our dinner <laughs> and he's like oh that's uh, i know
0: he's just joking but uh this is a yeah, weird a bit- tone
1: to end on
0: Yeah, it would have been better if, like, by the end, and he's like, I mean, he does say, like, Tilly's been a member of this family for 22 years, but it would have been better if, like, even at the end, it was like, and Tilly, sit down with us for dinner. I don't
1: know. Oh, now that might have been, yeah, like, is that too patronizing? Because, yeah, that sounds nice to me. It
2: does sound nice. I just think that they, maybe I'm giving it too much credit, I think that they were aware of. That they didn't want to end on the happiest of notes, like "oh, racial equality, us white people solved it," um, right? And and I think that was conscious. I think the the point of him. This is San Francisco, the most, you know, liberal city pretty much in the country. The, this guy leads, like, the nation's most liberal paper. In theory, mm-hmm. he should be this really accepting guy. And he's even like questioning, like how, how is he not? It's just never something I guess that crossed his mind. And I think it is kind of trying to point out the hypocrisy on some level of who he is. Now, you know, he might have all these ideas, but he's still a very wealthy man and his wealth influences his opinions, whether he likes (laughs) it or not. And I think this is one of them in terms of like what, what class means in this film.
0: They they look yeah. they literally look down on the whole city. That's like well, not their, literally. Their view. I think
2: that was in a studio. No, I'm just joking. No, <laughs> I was like, "What no. are you talking about?" That was like a, uh, but yeah, pretty and,
1: sure and, they were really driving too.
2: <laughs> That's jarring if you don't like watch old movies a lot, like yeah
0: that's what that's what that's what like the best thing that like bond movies were for like preparing me for like that realm of there was just so much driving in bond movies they're going up and down um, these
2: hills, but like their bodies aren't moving. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah,
0: even at the end of the movie, to just since we did jump like to the end of it, at the end, uh, you know, Matt Drayton, Spencer Tracy's character is even saying like, and you know, and John, like, eventually, me, uh, uh, Christina, and uh, what's um, what's the you know, M- M- Mrs. Prentice, like, we'll change your father's mind. It's like you know, John's father, that's the real skeptic, even towards the end. For me, I mean, I knew obviously it wasn't going to go in the way of like Get Out, but it was just moments of just saying that how pro- saying how progressive they are, how liberal they are. Um, the picture, like in, in Get Out, they 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 uh, have the line it's repeated like for comedic value of just like oh, if there was if Obama couldn't have been elected for a third time, I would have. And he yeah. had like a, he had the portrait of uh, FDR on his desk. Mm-hmm. So there's just like little moments like that that I'm like, uh, like I I wonder if it was. If this movie had a bit of inspiration on Jordan Peele.
2: Oh, I, I would say the, certainly. I don't think, you know. Yeah,
1: I, I would bet on it. Yeah, a yeah,
2: 100%, a so. 100% on that. Um, so what was jarring to me, Kyle, was something that I've been taking a lot of notes on recently during quarantine, actually, because I've been, <laughs> you know, I'm a big sitcom junkie. So I've been binging a lot of old sitcoms and mm-hmm. there's something that a lot of people recognize, but you don't really see as jarring till you start rewatching these sitcoms. Um, now I'm sure in your research, you saw that technically when this movie was finished, inter interracial marriages were illegal in this country. But by the time I think it was released, um, what's that whole loving versus the big Supreme court case that outlawed that had happened. So yes, it- hang on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Loving, vir- loving v. Virginia. Yes,
2: Loving v. Virginia. I was going to say Loving v. Maryland. Um, loving v. Virginia had come out, so it, was, it technically was legal now, but as they even said in this movie, they're like, oh, even if they make it legal doesn't mean that people are suddenly cool with it. I know they don't use that those words, but uh, what yeah. amazes me is that up until recently, and Kyle, I want to give you some credit to this. People have attributed this to online dating, but up until recently despite, (laughs) despite, you know, this not being on the books, people from other ethnicities, nationalities, whatever you want to call them, did not date in this country. And people watching in media thought it was weird to see it. I've been watching a lot of the Fresh Prince (laughs) because it's on HBO Max. (laughs) And Will, the entire series, and he has a lot of girlfriends, a lot of girlfriends, does not even hit on a white woman in the entire series. And it is weird to see.
1: Wow. In Friends, it's only until
2: later series that they start dating people of color. And, you know, none of the main castmates are people of color. White people dated white people. Black people dated black people. Latin people dated Latin people. That's just how it was. And this movie is accurate in a sense that, like, it wasn't just a white person thing. Everyone thought that about everyone. So you watch these old sitcoms now. You're like, oh, my God, it's jarring. And today, if you watch commercials, there's a lot of a mixed Couples, I guess, if you want to put it that way. I don't know what the correct terminology is. But you you see a lot of those commercials. But at the time, no commercial featured a black person and a white person dating. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, we all lived it. We all can attest to it. And it just amazed me. I'm not saying we've corrected this clearly. But it just amazes me that in our lifetime, it still wasn't a thing up until recently. And I'm glad it's changing. It's awesome. Another place in my life where i came to realize this was kyle you and i uh, this is another story for another day but we in our early 20s befriended a lot of au pairs from europe who were uh yeah 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 we had some fun yeah. time.
0: like you do <laughs> they were nannies, like one does in their early 20s yes yeah,
2: so they were nannies of families in our suburban neighborhood they were looking for people to hang out. We would hang out with them. We would do our service as Americans.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is actually, yeah, we are now the greatest generation. (laughs) (laughs) No,
2: but one thing that like to a person that they would point out is, wow, I came here and I don't see a lot of black people dating white people, like almost literally in those words. And I'm like, wait, you're right. And this was what, like maybe 10 years ago, nine years ago. Wow. I feel old. And, and, at the time, it made me think, I'm like, holy shit, they're not wrong. And if you look at the statistics, it's totally true. So if I'm thinking of that now and it's 2020, could you imagine 1967? That's my long
0: point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I'll say to that, to the, the, the Germans coming to that realization, or I'm sorry, the au pairs that weren't all German, um, is that we didn't grow up in an area with that was very diverse.
2: No, 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 but this is, I mean, not to get specific, but this is when we were in the city and stuff. Like Oh, okay, universe. I see, I see.
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> but no, and then that's why in the end of the day this movie is a a very progressive movie. You know, it's bringing uh, you're taking one of the biggest stars of the t- of that time and then you're taking I mean, two of, you know, incredibly revered and awarded actors themselves and spencer tracy and Catherine hepburn and i mean that's what's also that was surprising to me this watching it this time really taking in is while it's called guess who's coming to dinner and you might think that it's you know uh sydney poitier's character at first or it's really going to focus like the plot is about the two kids and their relationship or he's not really a kid but I mean it is it really is the Spencer Tracy Catherine Hepburn show yeah and
2: she'd win an Oscar for this um yeah and I I don't know if you mentioned it yet but this is their ninth movie together and unfortunately their last film together and you could tell that, like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, with, like, her voice and his voice, they had chemistry, but it was that, like, I'm not going to do it. Maybe John Harden, the actor, will do the Ka- Catherine Hepburn impression. <laughs> but um, it's, you could tell uh, that they hey, had
1: You could have asked me beforehand. I would have practiced.
2: <laughs> not my show, John. Not my show. Ah,
0: that's mine. <laughs> Sorry. Like, why do you sama?
2: Like, that kind of, you know. Like, and and it's, it was cool to me. Because this is obviously not a film of like their golden era necessarily, but they clearly have a different kind of old time film chemistry that I would akin to people having chemistry on stage again, like to bring that trope up again.
0: Yeah, uh, supposedly, you know, the the tears that were filling her eyes during um, Spencer Tracy's monologue at the end when he's talking to everybody those those were real because they knew. Like, she had to even put up her salary for the film as, like, collateral or, you know, in- all insurance reasons because they didn't think that he was going to make it. And then he passed away only, I think, like, a few weeks after they finished shooting. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, what is this? Like, seven... Hang on a second. Two weeks... No, no, no. Two weeks after Tracy filmed his final scene, uh, Loving Vers Loving v. Virginia was, uh, you know... um the the ruling was given but but yeah he died within two weeks he died within two weeks i'm finally i'm sorry i'm understanding what i'm reading now it's
2: insane yeah it's insane
0: yeah and like yeah and he was he was only only 67 years old i mean that you know it's not i'm sure it's a little older for back then but still not old um and brian like you said she ended up winning best actress and so i you know not best supporting they're recognizing she is you know like one of the, one of the leads, and I mean, because it is an ensemble film, um, and then it won for best writing, and it was a nominee for best picture. So, oh, and I'm Ooh. sorry, oh, there's a bunch, there's a bunch more. I didn't even there was an image in the way, so I didn't even see it. There also the other nominees were for uh, Spencer Tracy, uh, for Cecil Calloway. By the way,
2: that happens today. And you give that award to Spencer Tracy because he died. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it or anything like that, but, like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One thing, though, about the Oscar ceremony, I don't know if you have this in your notes, Kyle. Obviously, this is 1968. And Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, like, either the day before or the day the Oscars were supposed to happen. So very topical again. And they pushed the Oscars back a couple days because Sidney Poitier and the other black actors who were nominated for things or involved were just not going to attend out at of protest. So, I thought that mm-hmm. was like super uh topical to today and the the subject matter of the film and in the heat of the night for God's sake. So, everything's like coming together 67 68 for better or worse.
0: I did the count. received uh you know 10 nominations and and of those 10 won two, but those yeah, exactly like you said, just the manner of in which the events took place were just, uh, I was about to say hauntingly similar, but just un- un- just unfortunately similar that we can make comparisons to what's going on right now.
2: Absolutely. Like in, in Spanish, we say like la lucha, right? Like the the fight. And there's this kind of arrogant belief that every generation has that like, they're the crusaders, bad word, but you know, they're the the, the fighters and that this is... This is a, a new fight but when you watch films like this and you read the stories like the fights that people have it, it's cyclical it, it's been going on forever and it's a mm-hmm. uh, watching a movie like this and then reading stuff about it it really makes you think like wow this is this is an ongoing thing
0: Can I ask you guys so obviously the the I mean as they as they say they're going to face so many problems so without the problem the problematic of race in this movie or that these characters will be facing. Um, What do you think about them? Like how fast they met falling in love and just (sighs) even like the character of Joey is just so, uh, I don't know. She, she was getting to be too much at some points for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the truth comes out. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's. I think it's like reasonably well explained. Um, you know, it's funny. This is a thought that I had. Um, my, uh, this is a whole story. My, I, I had a friend in college whose, whose dad, um, his mother had passed away when he was pretty young, and his dad was now remarried to a woman who was probably only like 7 or 8 years older than my friend and he hated her you know and i i like i think very much it was like the kind of hate of a you know 18 year old guy who's mm-hmm. you know and she's not his mom and and all of this kind of thing and and i remember thinking about this this was such an important point to him and i you know we had had a lot of conversations about it that on some level this is complete speculation on my part but you know there's something maybe there where i personally find her energy kind of tiresome and a little bit naive and it's like too much but i can understand if you're a widower um you know being attracted to that kind of energy and optimism mm-hmm. again you know to feel like somebody's gonna pull you out of yourself and be like hey everything's gonna be fine you know um and be like wow like what wow what is it to have that attitude you know like mm-hmm. i wish i still had that you know and maybe that's I, it's sort of believable to me because of this other
2: story that i you know remember um Yeah. No, it makes sense. Absolutely. John. Um, While I wouldn't do it, I think it serves a good thing in the film to have us uh, sympathize or empathize with uh, the parents because nobody wants their child to have a hasty marriage, no matter what. Like, it's not just a racist thing that they're feeling that way, right? Like,
1: <laughs> Sorry, I still think so funny about the
0: sentence. Not just a racist.
2: <laughs> no, but you know what I no, mean. But I'm not saying Yeah, yeah,
0: no, I do. Why. I'm she, not making she, fun of you. She's yeah. she's 23 and he's 37 in the movie and in real life they're very they I think he's around 40, she's 22. Like um mm. uh, I mean, Yeah, they it, they're it close happens. to their real ages. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. like John, John like my stepmom today is a year older than me. So like Wow, so, but I, I'm not 18. I'm sure I would have reacted differently when I was 18. You know what I mean? Right. So
1: no, yeah, well, certainly
2: because she would be like 19. But different story, yeah. different conversation. Yeah, that. <laughs> but that could have been an issue. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head, John. Like it, the movie gives you enough where it's not as crazy as it could be. Like he doesn't seem like a deviant somehow. Like he's taking advantage of her. Uh, her like being naive or something like he, he, he seems like a pretty reasonable guy and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Cause I do have things I want to say about him in particular,
0: but continue, I guess. No, t- I mean, yeah. Like, a- so as her parents, you know, bring up, I mean the mom at first, obviously very shocked. I mean, they're both shocked, but then she kind of, they win her over sooner than later and then it's much more carried on the on the dad's shoulders. But do either of them say, you know, as as the liberals that they are, and you know, and they share other stories. And he he goes into detail about how, you know, he is surprised at himself and that like this is how he this is uh, you know how he was feeling at first that he was against this. But do any either of them say? like forget race like the age difference and the 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 how fast you guys met and said that you're in love and that you want to get married within 3 weeks of knowing one another like i don't think th- i don't think they ever just flat out say that which is just a little surprising to me
2: no no there's moments where they uh acknowledge that aspect of it but it's quickly shut down by things like you know oh you know i normally wouldn't do this this was more Her call, you know, we're we're just so in love, those kind of things that did make me uncomfortable. Yeah, but I was referring to that, Kyle. I wasn't really referring to the age difference when um, I just think, again, they, they do enough for me that it's not as crazy. Plus, this is 1967. People did that a lot more than they do today, believe it or not.
0: Mm-hmm. I no I, I have watched uh mad men so i'm well <laughs> um, uh, i did like though and, uh, i know all about it this
2: is foodie film, so we have to mention some of the food and drink here where they oh, like, of course yeah. briefly go to that uh cocktail bar with like some of their friends and and they're kind of a big juxtaposition to to uh our main couple and they're like oh you know, it took me three years to know I wanted to marry her, and I was living with her for two of them. So it does acknowledge that there are other viewpoints out there. Um, But yeah, it, it, is, it is crazy, crazy that they don't know each other for that long. But I see it as to that whole question of, and I'm not trying to trivialize this, but he didn't want to sleep with her maybe until after he got married. Maybe that's something she really wants to do. Also, he's traveling abroad. It's not as cool at the time if she just tells her parents, hey, I'm going to live with this man, <laughs> you know, abroad. <laughs> and not to mention, you know, the color of his skin as well. That, like, marriage to them at the time seems like the most, dare I say, like, kosher option, if that makes sense?
0: Yeah, the most, I, yeah, now that you say it that way, like, seems like the most... uh noble way or just like proving that they do love one another that it's like you know that it's this real thing is 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 to get married but at the same time i mean i, I guess the overall idea the the theme of this movie is you know love i don't, I don't want to say love conquers all but <laughs> end podcast right there End <laughs> pot yeah exactly but no spencer tracy goes into that whole monologue and at the end he's just like you know, like I—if you guys love one another half as much as I still love my wife, you're gonna be okay. Like your your love will be okay. You two will stay together, but you nonetheless, you're still going to face a lot of problems. Yeah, but he's like to the haters, screw them. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the main quote on uh, Spencer Tracy's grave from this movie. Yeah, <laughs> hate Sorry. is gonna hate. <laughs> Spencer Tracy. <laughs> uh just i mean we're, we are gonna talk food scenes we are I'm gonna ask you guys your favorite scenes but other things i just kind of wrote down just as like little bullet points of things that popped out to me was um just having they have a very progressive monsignor in the film that was very surprising that's like i feel like what we all not what we all but uh in our heads maybe the ideal catholic church is like what this guy's view, you know his what he views this relationship as and his voice to the <laughs> Yeah, <dead. laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I was also laughing cuz he's such he's such a ridiculous Irish stereotype too. <laughs> but like what, what I, do you mean? You know, like what I did uh, like he's like a good character and he he's brutal. <laughs> he's brutal to uh to Matt, right? Is it Matt? Spencer? Yeah, Trayton? yeah, Matt Matt, he's, Matt Drayton. Yeah. Absolutely. Like oh, well, I didn't know you were a bigot, you know, and just, like, <laughs> with this, like, beatific
0: Sipping smile on, a on his face. Yeah. Like, it was
1: awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. But I was, like, then they get later in the movie, and he's just like, I'll have another scotch anyway. You know, and I'm like, okay, all right. Like, while we settle issues of misogyny, don't worry. We're still going to take plenty of shots at the Irish. <laughs> I,
2: feel like, exactly. I, I feel like they did that, like, yeah, well, Everyone will agree about the Irish stereotypes, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I <laughs> did like though that he was just a friend. He wasn't like their religious advisor, so I thought yeah, that gave yeah. him the right to be so brutal, rather than like he wasn't like, well, the Bible says this, you know. Like he was more yeah. being like, yeah, take golfing buddies. Yeah, exactly. Like you're being an idiot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I mean, just as far as and then the other characters go, we've got. Um, I love the what ends up being. It's probably my favorite moment of uh, Catherine Hepburn's, which is her firing of Hillary, who works at the gallery. And so that's one, one you know, one other side character. But pretty much when she comes and uh, what did she, what, what did she say to her? Yes, come along, Hillary, and just like brings her outside and then pretty much just lets her have it and says like here's five thousand write a check for five thousand dollars and I never want to see you again and that's more for your part because you don't want to do anything with people like us five thousand dollars so,
2: and that year is a lot of money to make someone go right
0: ahead. right that's what I was thinking I mean yeah. they clearly have money but it's a lot of money yeah I mean it gives them fifty dollars to get a brand new car <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, exactly. So yeah, I don't know. That was a weird moment. Yeah.
2: Five thousand dollars in nineteen sixty-seven is thirty-nine thousand dollars. Oh my um, god! <laughs> I'll take it.
1: <laughs> really upset, huh? <laughs> that's I don't know what to say to that. That's that's really bizarre. You're a racist. A
2: Here's forty thousand okay. dollars. Go away.
1: Yeah, seriously. Jeez. I'd be like going to the next person's house. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, who else can I offend today? <laughs> that's ridiculous. Wow, that's outrageous. But maybe that was uh, like
2: their kind of way of like saying that like these people throw money at problems. Like that's just what they do. And I think it's more of that class thing that maybe doesn't translate to today's viewers as much.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I think that is the way that they handle things. And I mean, th- and they definitely are learning things about themselves more, Matt. And so that, like, he is, you know, everything that he stood for and he's built his career on, once it comes, you know, knocking at his door and he actually has to face it, he's starting to question himself. But, um, I guess it's, it's, it's John's mom that says the, you know, says the whole thing of what being older and forget, you know, forgetting what it's like to be in love, to fall in love. That kind of is his, uh. The, the trigger for him to go on this, you know, and realize like, you know what, like, John, Joey, you got this, go to Geneva, get married. And we'll, uh, I think they're all going to go there and and, and and see the marriage take place or at least try to convince John's father. But it seems that way. Yeah. Well, well,
2: considering they're like, oh, you're in San Francisco, we're in L.A. and you're having dinner tonight. We'll join you. Like, you know, I, 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 this is a jet set age. <laughs> Oh,
0: yeah. this movie is also brought to you by United. Uh, it was clearly all the planes <laughs> are United.
2: That opening with the plane, I loved that.
0: Yeah, both, both, both uh Cindy Portier movies. Like, I love, I love. Yeah, the they both with the songs. I just realized and that it really, right.
2: it's the jet age. It's like these are like the sexy companies. Like today, I don't know, like you know. Tesla and stuff like that are like sexy companies but back then it's TWA Pan Am United like
1: (laughs) Tesla stopped being sexy for me once I heard what he named his kid
2: okay well yeah I don't want to get into that dude's whole (laughs) point of view oh I know
1: I did I just wanted to take a shot and then move on
2: (laughs) (laughs) I agree I agree
0: besides it being I mean a foodie film. I mean, so it's called "Guess Who's Coming to Dinner," so dinner is in the title. But as far as the foodie scenes go, it really is what we. we you, you said the one, Brian. You said them getting drinks. Uh, there's them having sandwiches out on like the veranda. There's making cocktails or just you know pour, pouring scotch. And uh, oh god, what were the what were the what, the women were drinking? Uh, Ooh. What do they always drink? Some sherry. They were all drinking Ooh. sherry. And but China? I my my my, <laughs> my favorite though is the Austin Powers dance sequence with the delivery boy yes. that's delivering steaks. I wanted
1: to, yeah, I was hoping that someone <laughs> would bring it up. Yes. What What bizarre fever dream of like 20 to 30 seconds of film is that? That is the most outrageous <laughs> scene. It's the 60s uh, baby. It's the 60s. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Never I mean, forget that it's this. <laughs> I,
0: I I give it I give the dance sequences for sure to sir to 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 sir with love, but the dancing that they do in this film in that brief as John you put it like perfect just like feverish dream, uh, but I mean it's two characters for sure since I really didn't remember you know all the plot plot uh you know. Uh, points of this movie the character of dorothy that also john awkwardly pays attention to in the beginning of the film like really yeah that's yeah the lingers on and then joey just gives her like an oh you kind of smile that was more like you're allowed though
2: like you watch stuff from back then and like
0: i know i told you i've watched mad men be
2: pigs when it came to stuff like that (laughs) it's amazing like it's i'm not saying it's amazing like i want that But, again, from watching all these, like, sitcoms from the 90s, they do that there, too. And it's like, oh, you sassy man, like, looking at that young lady. (laughs) It's so weird.
1: Yeah. It's very strange. And then the character never comes back. Neither of them. Yeah. But the delivery guy, I, like, you know, I, like, didn't think he was going to be anything. But, yeah, she just, like, she gets this whole little intro, and I have no idea what she's in. Like, why is she in the movie?
2: I thought... thought, Sorry, continue, Kyle.
0: No, go ahead, Brian.
2: No, I thought that purpose of that was to show older audiences like, oh, the young people are hip to, you know, free love and all that. Maybe we should get with the times. And it was just like a completely like one note thing for... Old, I don't want to call them boomers because actually the boomers are not them. <laughs> exactly. Those are the boomers. But you know what I mean? Like People we would call boomers today. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? It is yeah. very weird. And like I said, the well, world yeah, is cyclical. The- I want to be like the people, you are those dancing hippies okay
0: yes okay so well all right first i'm gonna say one thing but don't let me forget what i want to say about the boomers okay um <laughs> yeah get the yeah program. gonna go after them yeah get them first the greatest generation now the boomers <laughs> we're gonna um, rename go this podcast <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. but no Sorry. The, the characters of so her name was dorothy and then it's just delivery boy played by skip martin Uh, like, I don't know. I, I, I guess what you're saying, Brian makes more sense, especially for that time and what they're showing. But I thought there was maybe going to be a little bit more character development and just see that these two kids are maybe like, I don't know, at least hanging, hanging out. Maybe they don't have to fall in love as well, but wouldn't have been. It still would have been his work day, I guess, technically. But if when uh, the Draytons go to get ice cream, if we saw the two of them having ice cream together or just socializing in and, you know, they're in the same social circle. It's just weird that they both don't show up again, specifically Dorothy, since she had that there was that exchange. And there was even like an you know, given her a name, oh, she helps Tilly out every once in a while. It was just, it was a little weird as far as just that setup and nothing else came from it. Every once yeah. in
2: a while, and not when that she has all these people over for dinner. But no, Kyle, you hit the nail on the head. I thought in that ice cream scene, that's where we were going to see them again. So, yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, something, just because it was a more youthful scene. But to get back to my hatred on the boomer. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No, when, 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 where, when. Kyle, when
2: it's it's almost like you think the people who are gonna listen to this episode are like Gen Zers and not Boomers when they see what movie it is. But
0: continue yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it, is that like w- the speech that John gives his father at the end and saying like, you know, this is this is our time and everything like that. Like, take a step back, like, and. I'm Excuse me for quoting this, but him saying to his dad, like, you see yourself as a, you know, as a colored man. I see myself as a man. But just pretty much him saying, like, your generation needs to learn from us now. I'm listening to it and just going like, fuck, yeah. Come on, guys. Like, can we can we can you guys listen? us a little better, too. I don't know.
2: Story of the entire history of the world, though. That's just it is what it is. And it'll continue till we run out of oxygen on this planet, which is likely mm -hmm. to happen at some day.
1: You know, um, there's a there's a famous quote by Shaw that um, people Robert actually Shaw? miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait, no.
2: Shut no, up. What? George
0: Bernard Shaw.
2: Two go into the water, three come out. Oh, yeah. Continue, sorry.
0: Exactly. Wait, two go into the water, three come Whatever. out. Just
2: George yeah. Bernard Shaw. John, I was getting tingly when you were yeah, about yeah. to quote Shaw, so continue. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> But
1: well, he talks about <laughs> shark honey bites. Yeah, his <laughs> eyes roll over white. Anyway, uh, my Robert Shawn. Kind of like Donald's eyes. No, he says um, he says that, uh, that like the, the popular attribution is something like if you're not um, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're old, you have no brain, <laughs> right? But, but it's not actually, but it's not actually like, that's a quote. Somebody said it, but it's not actually what Shaw said. And what I, what Shaw actually said, cause I looked this up cause I was curious about it, you know, did he really say this thing? Because there's so much of that misattribution. Um, and, uh, what he actually said was, was that you, you have to be liberal when you're young so that when you're old, you at least have half a chance of being up to date. Mm, yeah, And I think about mm. that, right? That, that that's so much of what you see. Absolutely. is like these. Yeah, like these people fighting for change and, you know, being like, get off my back. And and it is kind of fascinating to be the younger generation than them who was raised by them and thinking like, yeah. Get off my back! Like, you know, but, but that's the thing. Like, by the time you get old, you know, if you haven't had progressive ideas when you were younger, then by the time you get old, you look like a fossil. You know, everybody. You say things that people are like, "Oh my God, we don't say that anymore."
2: You know? Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, that's a
0: good call. It's a yeah. good call.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Just interesting.
0: So that that uh, the Monsignor must have been very liberal when he was young because he seems to be pretty. <laughs> yeah well elderly gentleman yeah he was just expecting to play golf that day that's it (laughs) i'm assuming
2: and that he grew up of means if he's still kind of friends with the you know spencer tracy's character and he just happened to join you know the priesthood if you will and You know, maybe he's had the liberty to have these opinions. Who knows? It's not a story. It doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he's one of them. That's uh, guess who's coming to dinner. That's also you know that is uh, true. That is true. Jesus. But, (laughs) and uh, I I mentioned the uh, them getting ice cream, but it's Mel's Drive In, Brian. I know. I mean, that's got to be very. It's had a bit of an American graffiti. You know. Yeah, uh,
2: not the location from American Graffiti, but the same company because there was a san francisco location it was cool to see males drive in again on film it's in a lot of film so i liked that
0: yeah and i just love that he's just like oh you 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 know what what ice cream i've had before <laughs> and the metaphor of the movie right there or at least not you know one of them is uh you know so she brings him she well she ends up saying uh you know the boysenberry sherbert and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely it And then he order, you know, gets it, tastes it Oh, this definitely isn't it uh, Well, this isn't that bad uh, I guess I kind of like this now It's like, aha Boy, that's a little little on the nose I actually had a
2: question for you here, John As a former oh. server yourself Did you routinely hand out Metaphors at your restaurants? Or, <laughs> or how did that go?
1: Uh, I mean, I, it wasn't required by my job, but given that it was me, yeah, you know,
2: absolutely. You know, you it know what, just he, just, says no, about, he, he just, made, Brian, Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly, you,
0: exactly. You just took all the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, he just always quoted Shaw for Yeah, his you sculptures. know what Shaw
2: says about this tuna tartar special? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. Uh. Do do you guys have a, a favorite scene from this movie, or just even favorite interactions, characters? Apart
1: from the delivery guy and the dancing, <laughs> um, I was really struck by that. Um, I was really struck by the the writing and the and the power of the performance in uh, John's scene with his dad, Sidney Poitier's scene mm, with his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that speech to me was was something it, it just struck me as better written than some of the other, um, some of the other scenes in terms of dialogue, you know, I guess I just maybe who knows, right. I mean, I gotta, I'd like to have watched the movie again. Um, if I were going to really critique it, you know, I try to not just let it sub be subject to whatever the mood I was in, um, on that particular evening, but it just felt to me like I like structurally it's a well-made film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know like they they complicate things well and they built the situation really well and it was brave of them to make it but somehow in the dialogue i just didn't feel so much like you know just like a lot of the movie it was not particularly memorable to me in terms of like what a great line
0: you know yeah yeah i mean when it comes to that particular scene with john and his father the things that really stood out to me were like i said like you know this is this is our time but him really Kind of explaining to his dad, like I don't owe you a thing,
1: yeah, like, that's you know cool. that like right. when
0: I was born, like you brought me into this world, that was your choice, and yeah. you 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 owed me like you know. When his dad said that he's walked over 75,000 miles and that, you know, his mom sacrificed, you know, getting just a coat, like a damn coat, you know, so he could have so he could pay for his son's education. At the same time, while that's you know sad that they couldn't have both things, I think it was it was a really something that I haven't really heard in a lot of other movies or just at least in that that kind of confrontation of father and son.
1: Yeah, no this um, this was the exception, and I I got a little lost in my in my negativity about it. But this was yeah, that's how I felt was that absolutely that scene was an exception where I sort of sat up and took notice more. Um, I thought I thought that scene was really strong and very well performed as well, which makes a difference too.
0: Yeah, oh. and as far as far as memorable lines, there was one that, again the, that the priest said that stuck out to me, and uh, you know so I wrote it down. And was it guess who's coming to dinner? exactly the end (laughs) uh so he says they are this country they'll change this stinking world and so you know i just thought it was a good line to even just further understand his character and just i think what this movie was also trying to say i agree with that i agree with that yeah brian did you have a favorite scene or interaction um
2: I guess maybe not scenes, but like there was two other things I I was going to say walked out, but I'm in my living room. I didn't walk out of my living room, but you know, there's two other scenes. I, so There's two other things I came away with from this film that were pretty powerful to me. One was just how important media is and representation in media is. I think this movie was so groundbreaking for the time and today we might not look at it like that, but you need stuff like this to move the needle. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about Mm. it, as far as Mm. I'm concerned. Like, I, I'm married to a white person. I am a Latin person, and I didn't really have a lot of trouble. Um, and I think it still shocks
1: me every day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think that a lot of that is attributed to movies. Like this, believe it or not. And people say, like, oh, it's just a movie. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It is important. If you are in a – interracial sounds so freaking dated to say. So I don't know what – mixed mixed marriage. I suppose yeah if you're in a mixed relationship a mixed marriage at the time you see this and you see how they play it out and it might seem corny to some people but it's really important to the people that it matters to I think and yeah, like for I, sure yeah and I think that um you know that was an important takeaway I had the the other takeaway I had and it's something that might come off as negative it might come off as positive it's something that and I'm not dissing you guys but I don't think it's something that you guys maybe grasp. And again, it, that sounds so shitty, but hear me out. There is this problem with representation that has never accurately been solved. The LGBTQ community has talked about it. Black community has talked about it. Certainly, you know, my community, the Latin community has talked about it as well. What is the way you go representation? So Sidney Portier's character and generally all the characters he plays Yes, he's black, but he's not what, this sounds so shitty, but he's not what maybe the majority of black people in the country are like, necessarily. To a white family, he is the best case scenario, right? He's a doctor of so many, and I'm using like air quotes, he's a doctor of so many accomplishments. He's well-spoken he's smart there is really nothing wrong about him and again i'm using wrong in quotation marks i want everyone to understand that but he is perfect except to this family except for the color of his skin and that's maybe why this could all be solved in 24 hours that's not reality right yeah on the other hand for sure you don't want him playing a stereotype either so This pendulum has swung in every minority community. Like, do we want a more accurate portrayal on screen? Or do we want to show people who may be stereotype that, oh, there are people in the community who are this great, and it's literally just the color of his skin. I don't have the answer. No one really has the answer. There are debates about this. It's tough to say. I can speak personally, right? You guys both know me as a person, and when I meet people, I don't strike people as being a Latin person, even though I'm 100%. But you have someone who's like my brother, right, whose skin tone is like five times darker than me, and he probably has a different experience just because of melanin despite having the same parents. And maybe he has different experiences. I'm not sure. But I've heard, as like fucked up as this is, I've heard like whispers about me like, oh, you know, he's Dominican, but he doesn't look it you know, or he's the good kind. He doesn't He doesn't seem like those other ones. And that's super offensive to everybody. And I think that's something that, again, I don't know. This movie doesn't solve. I don't think media so- solved today. I don't know the answer, but it's something that struck me personally. Does that make sense to you guys? Or
1: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. No, it was absolutely something. Look, I can't speak to your experience. Yeah, and I didn't your... mean to
2: offend you by saying that, by the way.
1: I'm so offended. I I I
0: really just that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. If you saw um, me right now if we were on camera I would look like Catherine Hepburn. Sorry, sorry, I sorry. I
1: just um which is, you know, I want to see that.
0: Uh <laughs>
1: but uh I I can't speak to that and I won't try, but I but I will say that I absolutely did think about the discomfort and the hypocrisy, the there's something about like, he shouldn't have to be this amazing doctor. You like this shouldn't matter, you know? Um, I don't know. And it, and it clouds the issue and it's like, well, if he's everything else that we could possibly dream of, (laughs) I guess we could put up with the fact that he's, you know, it's just, ah, it's so uncomfortable and doesn't feel like what we ought to be. But that's the reality of where they're at, I guess. I don't know.
0: No, ex- That's what I was going to say. And like, yeah, not to defend in any kind of way, but that's the reality, especially for then and to make this film. I mean, that's what, you know, for the most part, people in general, but, but especially younger people, they look to their idols for some guidance. And that tends to be actors or athletes. And we're seeing people speak, out now or and saying you know some are saying good things some are saying bad things some people are just you know saying like i i don't understand how i would and john responded to your story brian like i we can't imagine we don't understand you know like what that what that feels like but in this for this film i think that that's what they were trying to the best of their abilities to do and they were like, you know, for, and some was for just the story in the movie, such as making it that they do love one another and like the all all the reasons that like, okay, so it's just pretty much about, you know, that it is about the color of their skin, why they maybe shouldn't get married as soon. Um, not the age or the time, time you know, the manner of their relationship. But I think it's... uh Yeah, like that. It's just when they were making this film, they're like, okay, we, they had a checklist almost. Like, what can we do? What story can we tell? And then almost like making, doing, you know, what there, I'm sure there's checklists for an MPA rating. They just went, okay, yes, this, yes, no, yes, this. Like, and, you know, maybe some even executives said, like, guys, we just can't go and do this. But at the same time, there also isn't a lot of African American you know, leading actors. So they put Sydney Poitier I mean, in that yeah, role. And, and to be and clear, they,
2: there are, they're just not given the chances. At this time, yes.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's, I'm sorry. Yes, at this time. Yeah, exactly. They're not, yeah, they're not given, they're not given that opportunity. Or if they are, they're playing ancillary characters and very like, like Tilly in this movie, playing yes, a servant. Yes. Or playing, I, you know, some, I think something media,
2: like that. again, I come away from this movie feeling happy, because I think media has the capability to move the needle. But to think that any one movie is going to solve the problems of racism in this country is absurd. So this is 1967. I think it does a good job. And I think culturally, if you look back, it really did help. It's a movie that... I remember watching Rugrats as a kid, and they cited this movie in, in one scene, you know? It's like, this is a movie that is translated today, so it, it helped. It clearly helped, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't solve the problem, and yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It, 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 it brings up some, some interesting points that also translate to today that I don't think we have the answers for in any community.
0: But you know what film did, guess who, starring Bernie Mac in Picture. Absolutely. That
1: movie solved structural racism.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you to the late
2: Bernie Mac, who also passed away, <laughs> you know, like Spencer Tracy, not right after the film, but like a couple years after. So rest oh in peace, God, Bernie this, Mac. Rest in peace. This whole concept <laughs> is
0: cursed. <laughs> you, you try to move the needle um, on racism, you're cursed. Yeah, no kidding. Is there anything else that you guys really want to touch on with this film? I, I, I mean, you know, there's uh, besides the the silliness of oh God, I already forgot her, Dorothy and the uh, meat delivery boy. I felt like there was some like not full closure with Tilly. You know, she seemed like she had a lot of aggression, and you know, I mean, I mean, she noted that she's been there since Joey was born, and you know. Help raise her, and then, uh you know, and, uh, Matt says how she's part of the family, but there's the aggression she has towards John Prentice, and pr- pretty much saying, like, you know, oh, if you stick around, you're really going to find out from me what black power actually means. I, like, you know, I she,
2: think that she's always going to have that aggression. I also thought that this character was put in here, I don't know how to put this, but to quell some of the white people who went to the theater to be like oh not all black people are black panthers you see some of them don't think that what the youth is doing in the street is a good thing um which i i didn't obviously did not like but yeah i i see what you mean kyle not everything's going to be solved in literally something that that takes place over a couple hours but i don't know i don't know i mean maybe she was an accurate representation of how someone you know in her position would have felt at the time i am not 100 percent sure of that i i don't know i haven't done the research but it was a little weird it did make me cringe a little bit when she was saying those kind of things but on the other hand maybe she's just really 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 protective and she's just saying things to scare hopefully scare uh john off
1: that's definitely one of the more troubling characters um looking at this movie now um she's not I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. I don't know what it was like. You know, I don't know if, how real that is, but it, it definitely feels like a strange character to look at now. It's not, it's not, um, she's not portrayed with the kind of patronizing kind of caricature that um, the slaves in Gone with the Wind are, right? Oh, like yeah. it's not, it's so? not at that level or anything, but it's uncomfortable. It's it's very uncomfortable um, and and the way that they sort of point at the way that she talks uh, at a couple of different times, you know, they sort of like laughingly, you know, m- imitate her way of speaking. And I don't know. It's yeah, maybe I think exactly. She's yeah, not go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say she isn't. Yeah, she's not doing a full Hanny McDaniel, you know, her uh, what's her character? M- Mammy from Gone with right. the Wind. But at the same time, I mean that's a you know period piece of during the you know, Civil War time, but yeah, exactly like how when uh, Mister Drayton is recapping you know in the beginning of his monologue and says, "and I came home until he said and I forget whatever it exactly is," but he says it exactly the way she says, it. and it just it just sounds weird and uncomfortable. But I guess that's just not that that makes it right, but like. I didn't read any reviews, like, you know, uh, long-form reviews of this movie. But I can't imagine anyone that felt that it was progressive was just like, but it could have gone further. I feel like probably everyone at the time just went like, wow, like, this movie is, you know, making strides.
1: Well, I mean, given that it was a big Hollywood movie, though, and thinking about how I feel about big Hollywood movies now, (laughs) you know, like, it probably... Uh, There had to be a lot of people saying, like that it wasn't anywhere near. You yeah. Know? I'm sure
2: like black Panthers in Oakland were like watching, watching this. Okay. Film about, yes. Like, yes. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. Rich couple. And we're like racism solved.
1: Right. But not just them, not just them, just like <laughs> young people in Fair. general, you
0: know? Yeah. I guess again, I mean, I'm definitely falling into the, you know, the, opinion of a, of a white male right now just being like oh yeah it's okay you know i like, don't think this movie was gu- gu- guessing and putting words into people's yeah, mouths i don't think this movie no, was just... for
2: young yeah. people i think this movie was for people who right. liked Catherine hepburn and spencer tracy throughout their career exactly.
0: exactly that's yes that's what i was gonna say it's also it's a big thing even if they were you know liberals themselves in real life that, to get again, for people that like looked at them, like these are the stars among stars and they are in a, and they are in a film like this. Like maybe like, I, I know some unfortunate things of that. Like my, like a, like a great grandfather of mine would, would, would say. And I'm very curious of like, if, if, if he saw this movie or if my grandparents saw this movie and just like what they thought about it, because a person like Spencer Tracy was probably someone that they revered. And this is him putting his, I guess, okay. Stamp on it all. Like, not that that even matters, but for other people. it Yeah, will. no,
1: I mean, I think uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to crap all over the movie, you know, uh, but, but I agree that it seemed like you look at whose journey it is, right? Like who, who is going through the most change over the course of the movie. And I mm-hmm. think when you look at it that way, it seems clear that absolutely, like this movie is for the older generation to be like, Hey, is this you? You <laughs> know, Are you dealing with some of this discomfort? Like here's, you know, here's a way of thinking about it. And here's you being your best self. Um, it doesn't seem to me like it's the young people's movie in terms of change, you know, and growth
2: and right there. they as much,
0: yeah. I don't know. No, you're
2: yeah. Like even To Sir with Love felt more like a young person's movie than this felt like. Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a much more youthful movie than than this. Um. Yeah. So, any 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 last words on uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Would you, Would you recommend it? Will you watch it again? That kind of stuff. I
1: would be. I would definitely be interested in watching it again, um, at some point, um, to kind of give it, you know, to, to be able to look at it a little bit more and, and think about it in a way that wasn't so like just trying to kind of get acquainted. Um, not, not totally my favorite, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, 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 I would say like a very interesting film, an important part of film history, um admirable for what it was doing at the time not necessarily like in a an evening's entertainment everything that i was expecting
0: as far as just the performances from an actor's oh uh, the performances are
1: excellent i I mean the actors are unimpeachable like if i haven't said that already it, it was more just i don't know things struck like the the like i said the sort of dialogue and the pacing for me was not what i what i wanted but um But
2: yeah that that's where I that's where I'd leave it. Kyle, did you mention that the um, the daughter is the niece
0: of Catherine Hepburn? I didn't. And actually, that I didn't know that. There you.
2: Yeah, so that's her name's Catherine as well. She's named after her aunt, and her aunt, you know, was pretty much wanted her to be in the film, and they have a resemblance. So I thought it was cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's one thing that actually I. Uh, wrote down as far as that they, ha- they are like a great mother daughter do on the film. So that's actually that I didn't find that information. So that's uh thank you. Thank you for that's sharing wild. that. That's a, cause
2: yeah. So for Catherine Hepburn really felt like it was a family thing on set because here's someone she worked with in Spencer Tracy and, eight other films and then the person playing her daughter is her actual niece who she was incredibly close with so i mean i think that added to the film in terms of the movie you know I, I really liked it i think it moved the needle like i said and as we talk about this i just realize things about society as well and you know maybe this is a hot take but you know our first black president obama he's a mixed person as well He's born in the 60s, I believe, early 60s. Now, not before this movie. I'm not saying his parents conceived him because they saw his mo- this movie, though. But Or is this the Obama origin this... story,
0: this movie?
2: Is yes, it... Obama origin story. <laughs> exactly.
0: But August 4th,
1: 1961.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. In Hawaii. Hawaii. In Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. Wow, yes, connections, Hawaii. connections. But as we talk about this, I realize, and again, maybe this is a hot take, maybe people aren't gonna like saying this, but the way that this movie moves the needle with a guy like Sidney Potier, I think Obama was kinda like that for a lot of uh God, this sounds so terrible. But a lot of white people who voted for him. Um mm. And where he's a very educated man, speaks well. That's not to say black people are not educated. I want to be clear about that. But the perception of Obama is very much like a Sidney Poitier perception, if that makes any sense. And we could criticize this movie all we want, but that moved the needle. The Obama presidency moved the needle even more, obviously, because that's real life and we're talking about movies. And I think there's some merit to that. But I think we can do better today in 2020. Not the Obama thing, I mean. <laughs> I think we could do better with these characters in movies, if you will. So, bravo for 1967. If this movie comes out today, it's a corny piece of shit. You know? <laughs> 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 but, not, performances aside. Performances aside. <laughs> but um, love seeing it. Love what it means to culture. I'd love to hear a, a black person's point of view on it. Um, so, Kyle get on that. No, I'm kidding. But no, I would love to hear though a black person's point of view on this film. But yeah, I mean, I thank you for having me and John over for dinner, Kyle. It was awesome. And thank you for, you know, inviting
0: us to watch this film. Yeah, it's, for, for uh, me, I think that this film it I think it deserves a, a rewatch for me, so I would be curious to watch it with someone with, you know, with a different perspective, whether they're, you know, I don't know, whether they are african-american or whatever just i I think it's just a movie that uh i think it's interesting enough and it is a pretty famous movie that i would uh be interested in hearing different people's perspectives so i'm sure i'll i'm sure i'll revisit again but i appreciate you guys coming on for it john i felt like you were gonna say something and i cut you off
1: yeah no i mean just thank you for having me and uh i also want to just mention that uh in the sixth episode of season two of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will's aunt plans to marry a white man and uh, Will's mother objects. And they call it, uh, the episode is called guess who's coming to marry. So uh, they did deal with these themes.
2: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched that last week. So I'm glad you brought it up. i feel like, uh, I feel like I'm not
0: the only one in my living room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I, like like uh, any other episode, I would like to talk a famous food scene from a non-foodie movie. I didn't check in with you guys before this to make sure that you've seen it. But I, I feel like anyone from our generation has. And it's a scene I've been holding on to for a while. But I don't know. I just uh, I want to talk about it with you guys. And that's the imaginary food scene from Hook.
2: Hmm. Uh, I'd have to watch that again. Yeah? Okay. Kyle, you're the biggest hook guy in the entire world. You said it's on Spielberg's top five once. Okay, I, I haven't seen Hook th- in top, like my 20 top years. five
0: favorite. No, Spielberg films. <laughs> no, I've
2: definitely seen it more recently than twenty years. <laughs> Let me see. Hook. Oh. I think I know what you're talking or about. I, but I'm kind of confusing it with the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, There's
1: no food, and then they all imagine the food, and then they have a whole yeah. food fight. Brian. Oh, and that's when he like yes. part of okay. his
0: embodiment of okay. like discovering Peter Pan again because he's yeah. Gotcha. Sorry, gotcha. I didn't mean cool. to be too assuming.
2: Oh, there you are, Peter. <laughs> Does that qualify with talking about it, or, or are you gonna? Play oh no, the scene yeah, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the scene. Eat.
0: What's the deal? Where's the real food? If you can't
1: imagine yourself being Peter Pan, you
0: won't be Peter Pan. So eat up. Eat what? There's nothing here. Gandhi ate more than this. Don't
1: you remember? This used to be your favorite. Eat your heart out, you wrinkled, wrinkled fat bag.
0: You're a very ill-mannered young man. You know that. You're
1: a slugging worm. Come on, you can do better than that.
0: Can't believe you're encouraging me. Yeah,
1: yeah, show me your fastball, dust brain. You paunchy, sag bottom, puke pot. Radio!
0: You are a very poor role model for these kids. Do you know that? <laughs> I bet you don't even have a fourth-grade reading level.
2: Immortal suck navel.
0: Well, maybe a fifth-grade reading level. Boil
1: dripping, beef fart sniffing, bubble butt.
0: Someone has a severe caca mouth. Do you know that? You are a fart factory, slug slimed sack of rat guts and cat vomit, Mm.
1: cheesy scab picked, pimple squeezing, finger bandage, a week old maggot burger with everything on it and flies on the side.
0: Substitute chemistry teacher.
2: Come on, Ruvio, hit him back tongue. Math tutor. Pinhead.
0: Prison barber. Mother-lover. sighted gynecologist. In your face, camel cake! In your rear, cow derriere. Lying, crying, spying, prying, ultra-pig! You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre-chewed food dude. Make a You man! man.
2: man. stupid, stupid man!
0: Rufio, if I'm a maggot burger, why don't you just eat me? You two-toned zebra-headed slime coated pimple farming paramecium brain munching on your own mucus suffering from Peter Pan envy. What's a paramecium brain? I'll tell you what a paramecium is. That's a paramecium. It's a one-cell critter with no brain that can't fly. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. Benny, 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 Benny. Benny, Benny, Benny. Manic, dog. Manic, Manic. so yes that is the that is the imaginary food fight scene in never never land um the this movie to me was just always one of i i a movie i've watched countless times if you gave if you asked me my top five favorite spielberg films it quite surely would be on that list (laughs) some might call me crazy for that i don't care it's just something i feel like we're i mean we're all creative you know people and so i mean just as far as this scene and using imagination and uh, what what is it what does it mean to you guys
2: um, it's certainly not in my top five Spielberg films. I, I'm the one who thinks you're crazy. But it, it's a fun film. There's a nostalgia aspect. It's always nice seeing Robin Williams getting to do his thing, right? And, uh, of course, you get Rufio, one of your favorite characters of all time. You said he was in your top five. Um, <laughs> I saw him recently in a film I covered on High School Slumber Party, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's pretty cool. Uh, I don't. I need to watch this movie again to really really understand julia roberts tinkerbell right yeah like, um, yeah it's it's certainly interesting i know it's in the lower of spielberg's like canon according to critics oh but definitely that
0: bad. no it's not that bad but i think people looked at it as like a lot of like commercialism to it and just like robin williams hot at the time julia roberts hot at the time like hoffman, hoffman. dustin hoffman, hoffman yes not, not <laughs> philip seymour hoffman although that would be awesome as captain james hook <laughs> But just this this scene and just where it is in the film, he's just in such denial and doesn't remember that he's Peter Pan and he's with the Lost Boys and he just wants to get his kids back. And they're saying, like, you got to remember who you are. And um, I don't know, just during the I've 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 been, uh, you know, out of work for three months now and just trying to uh, via the podcast, be creative and just finding finding my place and so i I watched this movie again recently and it just stood out to me even more just him kind of rediscovering himself and finding i mean robin williams is there anyone better as far as you know like showing like your inner child he just was just the human Uh, personification of that but uh john anything particular say about this this scene this movie um, when he says, "You lewd,
1: crude, rude bag of pre-chewed foo <laughs> I genuinely—he calls Rufio a nearsighted gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just wonder. Want... Like, are you as sure as I am that Robin Williams just wrote that entire? <laughs> Thing. Exactly. Oh, 100%. I don't think <laughs> yeah. you
2: sign Robin Williams up for a role like this and be like, you have to read word for word from the script, Robin. Yeah,
0: yeah. not even. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Th- like, I just think he made all of that up
2: and possibly some of it all in that moment. I just. You yeah, know what you're getting. You know what you're getting when you sign on uh, Robin Williams in this era for sure. Even like Goodwill Hunting, which is a serious film and he wins an Academy Award for, he made up a good percentage of his lines. Not like out of his ass or anything like that. They're not lines like this. He was an intelligent actor. So I'm not like saying he's just fucking random or something. But yeah, absolutely, John. I 100% agree. He wrote his dialogue.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, even in this kind of scene, I think Spielberg was just like, and another, and another, and another. And they would just take, you know, do takes of him saying random things uh, to you know, back and forth when he's, battling with rufio but it's just pure i think improvisation from him yeah. and just him having fun with it i bet you i think that's what spielberg's i mean spielberg the i i do feel like this is a misunderstood movie because because a lot of his early movies is very much about like children and imagination i know he was a child of divorce and so i think that this was like a kind of an important th- film to him and then just like about feel you know the children not being you know in the beginning of the movie he misses his son's baseball practice and then this like you know uh, his son is like being groomed by captain hook in the movie it does obviously get ridiculous but this scene in particular just the imaginary food fight and him like you know and what rufio throws the coconut he slices in half of the sword it's just uh I love everything that this movie yeah. is.
2: They're an odd pairing, uh, Spielberg and Robin Williams, because Robin Williams is a guy, again, as we said, he can be unhinged when it comes to his dialogue. And Spielberg's a guy who's notoriously a control freak on set. Um, when he improvises, it's usually his own improvising. He loves to cut in camera, not so much in the editing room. So I was, I'd was, i be very curious how this production went.
0: Yeah, me too. It's, it's yeah. something that... I don't, do I have it on... I don't know if I have it on Blu-ray. I have to see what I have it on to watch maybe some particular special features. But yeah, so th- well, thank you guys for uh, obviously talking that hook. I've been holding on to that one for a while, um, Brian. I hope you revisit it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't hate Hook for the record. I don't. I don't <laughs> hate Hook. I, I,
1: Brian hates Hook.
2: I have an inner child. I just
1: listeners, if you remember nothing else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> If we move the needle in any way with this podcast, I hope it was the dialogue on hook. (laughs) (laughs) And that Brian hates it. (laughs) Thank you all so much. Uh, Thank you, boomers,
0: for listening. uh, (laughs) Brian, I know you've answered this question before, but John, uh, unlike my gut instincts questions, I I I have um, just one question for you this time. Who would be a dream dinner guest of yours? Robin Williams. There you go.
2: <laughs> Mine was Rufio, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't get a word in,
1: but it would still be like, I would probably cry yeah, you'd be laughing like, the entire night.
0: You should be like, wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's my really bad Robin Williams.
2: <laughs> I love, I love you said you wouldn't get a word in and Kyle, you came back to Come, Yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> wow. Cause I can't do a good, I'm doing like Frank Caliendo's Robin Williams. That's how bad it is. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, Robin Williams but, School of Comedy. He always says <laughs> Frank Caliendo. Wow. Shout out there. <laughs> Topical to but, today.
0: But Rob, Robin Williams, good good choice. That's, uh, I, I guess, who's coming to dinner this time. Oh, boy, Not sorry, William
2: so. Shakespeare? You wouldn't ask him, like, hey, did you write this stuff? <laughs> um,
0: I know he wrote it. Also, he would smell pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> what would you want to eat with Robin Williams? I've never asked that question before. Imaginary. That particular food. or to. What'd you say? <laughs> imaginary Sorry. food. Imaginary food? Okay. Or like swordfish
1: nice. and a 10 year C- Oban. Mm.
2: <laughs> what would you want to eat with Shakespeare?
1: Um, Oysters,
2: clams, and cuckles? Pheasant, perhaps? Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: Some kind of game Your, fowl. Yeah. Your goodliest guinea fowl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, uh, guys, thank you once again for coming on. Uh, Both of you right now, if you want to just obviously tell the foodies out there where they can uh, find you elsewhere.
1: Yeah. um, So you can find me and all of my doings um, at uh, my Instagram at H-A-R-D-I-N-A-K-A. Also at JohnHardenActor.com. I've got a blog. I'm trying to update it with... um, my musings, but more importantly, the projects that I'm doing and and things that are coming up.
0: Awesome. And you've been doing, yeah, you've been doing some chess tutorials, right? Chess classes? Yeah, I've
1: got, you know, I'm in a little bit of a a resting period for June, but um, I'm always doing online things. I'm also, frankly, trying to give space to more important issues at the moment with my social media time. But um, I think at some point, uh, when it seems appropriate, I will be uh, back posting some things about chess and educational resources, and and um, also I've got some projects coming up, which I'm awesome. very excited to talk about. So, can't wait we to probably. eventually
0: hear about them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and Brian, and
2: of course, guys, please check out High School Slumber Party. Uh, The podcast I host on the Cage Club Podcast Network, especially if you enjoyed this episode, listen to Friday's episode where the gang is back together again, theoretically. But once again, we recorded it first, but we talk about two Sir With Love. That's a fun episode. I've started editing that and, you know, we have a blast. And I just have a question for you guys. When are we doing in the heat of the night? And on what podcast?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ooh boy, I don't know. John, you have to start Yeah. yeah. You want me to start a podcast?
2: A A civil rights podcast.
0: (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. Well I'm just trying to in the in the I'm searching around in the heat of I mean, I'll
1: definitely watch
0: in the heat of the night, so that's
2: fine. I feel like we have to, even if it's just like, you know, and we just get on this and talk about it and not even record it because at this point you know, like we've done the two, we got to the third.
0: That's true. Yeah, I was just trying to see if there was any. There really isn't like any other, at least to, to my knowledge. Um, like, what? No other actors stand. Uh, stand well, Ro- out Rod Steiger, Steiger, Steiger. Yeah, St- oh yeah. Okay, that's...
2: he like he's like an Academy Award winner. I think he's in On the Waterfront. Um, but yeah. I don't You're, know if he translates. Yeah. Oh, his, yeah, that's his brother. Char- that's his yeah. brother
0: Charlie. You sh- you sh- you well, I'm not going to go into my brand. Of of <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so there you go. That the, the, you can, if you if you don't want to do civil rights issues uh, podcast, John, you can do the Rod uh, Steiger podcast. <laughs> congratulations great i'll get well, right on welcome that. welcome to the network yeah thank you <laughs> yeah. Jo- so joey jo- joey i gave him the okay you okay. don't <laughs> need any other approval all he asked is uh, an invitation to my wedding
2: i was just gonna say that would be the trade and an oh problem. yeah exactly <laughs> he does
0: he does want an invitation right uh yeah. oh, badly and who knows <laughs> you
2: know?
1: well <laughs> you know we we may have more space now <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll just say, you know, due to COVID-19 Joey, you lucked out Some time has been bought for you You yeah, could get an invite yet
0: <laughs> Well, thank you guys again uh, Always love having you on And, uh, you know, the, the 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 catchphrase of There's more to cut I don't know who wants to say it Or if you even want to say it uh, I, don't, I talk you know. too much on this episode Give it to Harden. Okay John, if you wouldn't mind reminding the foodies out there that there's more to cut.
1: Just remember, there's always more to cut.
0: Ooh, listen to that. That
2: was very, very tutorial way of... I, I love, love the sexy undertones of John Harden's voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
2: Thank,
1: we'll thank you. We'll figure out some yes. excuse to do in the heat of the night. Yummy, yummy, That just